If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the sports betting network. What up? Welcome in. we got a good show on tap here on The Edge. Coming up 15 minutes from now, Meredith Gorman's going to be with us, Patriots reporter for Nesson, as we talk everything New England for their big Monday night matchup tonight against the Buffalo Bills. A lot of football to discuss, of course, because it's Monday. we got Sunday to recap. we got Week 14 to look ahead here on the National Football League slate. But we looked at tonight, Matt Humans, where across the board, those threes are back. Those threes are back for Monday Night Football. Three here at the South Point. Three over at the Gold Nugget. We're talking about three minus 110. And then there's the other spots that have the three with the altar juice out there. But it looks like this bad boy is going to be closing at about three tonight. Yeah, Circus a two and a half minus 120. But it's pretty much threes across the board. And, you know, like we talked about last week, Patriots are a hot team right now. They've won and covered six in a row. So a lot of betters have been riding the pats. But at the same time, the Bills receive a lot of betting support every week. So... I'm not really surprised. I, I thought the uh, some of the threes would come back before tonight's game. We're seeing a lot more threes than I expected. But again, the total has dropped to 40 and a half at some spots based on the weather reports. Yep, weather reports tonight. Uh, so it looks like a, a round kickoff, about 37-ish degrees, maybe a little bit lower. And we're talking about throughout the game, gusts of up to 40 miles an hour, wind averaging about 27 to 23 miles an hour, a that, 24% yeah. chance of precipitation. And that's the big deal. The cold weather is not an issue. It's the wind right. and uh, the precipitation, whether it's going to be rain or snow, but the wind wreaks the biggest havoc on the offenses, obviously. Yep, so you look toward the team 
teams that can run the ball. And actually, what, what's interesting, and I think this is a uh, a very good point uh, that was brought up. Uh, it was a Paul Bovey brought it up in terms of the running game for the Buffalo Bills, which was, look, the Patriots, they bend, they don't break. But the bend, part of that is giving up rushing yards, right? Kind of like Brandon Staley's trying to do, which is invite the run, right? We'll allow you to average like three or four yards per carry because by the time you get down to the red zone, you're not going to get anything. And that's what the Patriots do. Mm-hmm. So maybe the Buffalo Bills with Matt Breida and company could be able to run the ball to a certain extent. It's about what happens in the red zone. I think that's going to be a diff- big difference here, right, for the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. The Patriots have gotten so much better in terms of their red zone scoring as the season has gone on. Remember, we did a whole do, no- do the numbers about it. We were complaining about it at the beginning of the year. They've gotten so much better at that. And to me, that's what it kind of comes down to is who's going to do the best when it gets to the 20-yard line and in for both of these teams, both offensively and defensively tonight. Well, the Patriots started the season one and three. And, uh, you know, as high as we were on the Patriots before the season, you had to be a little bit down after that start because they had five of their first seven games at home. They did not take advantage of that schedule, uh, but they did get hot. I think the play calling's improved. The coaching staff has, uh, I think, developed a lot more faith in Mac Jones as a rookie quarterback, kind of cut him loose to do a little bit more. But again, you know, like we've said all along, he's got a great support system there because uh, the Pats could run the ball. That offensive line's played really well. And the defense, I think, has uh, a dramatic improvement. Uh, there were a couple times early in the season, especially in that Saints game, where they gave up 28 points and let Jameis Winston make some big plays. I, I started to wonder about the New England defense, but the defense has played really well. If you look at the uh, last four weeks, a total of 27, 26 points allowed in mm-hmm. the last four games. Now, those have not been against great offenses and great quarterbacks. That's one thing you have to, uh, I think, a qualifier when we talk about how well the Patriots have played the last six weeks. They have not played elite competition. But they've taken care of business in but a very have, big way. In a big way. And what you have to do is blow out the bad teams, not squeak by, and the Patriots have done that. Yep. Uh, and by the way, so just to put some numbers behind what I was talking about there, the Patriots right now, in terms of touchdown rate allowed in the red zone, third in the National Football League defensively. So they've done a really good job. They'll let you get mm-hmm. there. Uh, but it's all about whether or not you can actually get into the end zone. The Patriots did a fantastic job. And the other part of this, too, is what we We've talked about with Josh Allen, and I don't think this helps from the weather standpoint, but Josh Allen, we have used the V word, right? Volatile. Puts the ball in harm's way. Mm -hmm. We'll turn it over. One of the big issues for him, kind of like with Patrick Mahomes, just drop it back and let him see if he's going to make mistakes. Don't blitz him because he he thrives on that, right? Thrives under pressure, thrives rolling to his right, thrives in chaos. It's about keeping everything in front of him going, all right, bro, like dissect this, (laughs) right? Make a read and don't make a mistake. And I think that's – that is the one thing I'm really fascinated by. Belichick has shown he could still throw, especially like unproven quarterbacks. Not that Josh Allen isn't unproven, but turnover-worthy prone and mistake-prone quarterbacks have issues with Bill Belichick defensively still. Yeah, you can see the uh, some of the head-to-head betting trends there on the screen. Patriots 14-3 and against the spread in their past 17 meetings in Buffalo. And some of the Patriots' defensive stats yep. we got up there as well. They're number one right now in scoring defense. Uh, top five in pass defense. A lot of things have uh, gone right for this uh, Patriots defense, especially in the last six weeks. Uh, the one weakness maybe has been uh, against the run. And, uh, you know, the Bills are not an outstanding rushing offense, obviously. I think they can run the ball uh, a little bit tonight on the Patriots because of uh, what the Titans did mm-hmm. last week without Derrick Henry. That was a little bit of a red flag 
But again, uh, I, th- I think this is a pretty good matchup for the Patriots, all in all. Yeah, man, one of those uh, one of those turnovers that the, the uh, Titans committed in that game against New England Patriots was on a big run. It was yeah. just a fumble that went uh, the Patriots' way at this point right now. Uh, from Chris Andrews, to give you an idea of where we've been at with this number so far from the market report up on the website, vcin.com. Uh, open Buffalo minus three here at the South Point. Took a lot of play on the Patriots. Dropped the Buffalo minus two and a half. Says he also took respected money line bets on the Patriots early. Plus 135 and plus 130, you went outright. And after the drop to Buffalo minus two and a half, betters preferring the Bills through to lay less than a field goal. And as he notes, too, as we always talk about, another game where the South Point's no extra juice policy on NFL team sides will drive a very high handle. You know, more of a chance that the uh, point spread could come into play tonight, too, with a low total. Chris also mentioned he opened the total at 45, yep. and uh, it's dropped, to, like I said, 40 and a half at some spots. Uh, based on that weather report tonight. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is a uh, a tight game, down-to-the-wire type of game. And uh, I I do have the Pats plus three, as you do. Man, this is going to be so much fun. This is number one and number two by football outsiders like DVOA uh, DVOA metrics defensively. Like, this is going to be such a freaking awesome game. So, And a big one at that, eight and four. I hope it snows. I love snow football games. It's pretty good. Remember the Bills? It's not going to be great for the passing attacks. No. But do you remember the Bills Colts game? Like, was it four years ago? That was like, like you couldn't even see the field. They were bringing out snow plows just to get through the yard line so you could see it. Oh, man. We haven't had many of those this season. Actually, the, uh, the worst snow game I've seen or uh, the game impacted the most by snow was Penn State, Michigan State a couple yeah. weeks ago in East Lansing where you couldn't see the yard markers on the field. And that definitely hurt the Penn State passing offense. You but, also uh, you also blamed the snow, right? Ohio State's loss. I did not. <laughs> I, did, I did say the, the Buckeyes played like patsies in the cold weather that day. They that certainly is. did. Uh, all right. So with that, we'll keep an eye on this line if it moves at all as we uh, go forward uh, throughout the day here, of course, on VSIN and whatnot. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the week that we just watched, right? And I think one of the, uh, one of the interesting outcomes from yesterday, of course, uh, regardless of the final play, which was Ravens and Steelers, uh, is what comes after this, right? Because the Baltimore Ravens have so many injuries that they're dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. Confirmed that Marlon Humphrey is going to miss the rest of the season uh, with a shoulder injury. Uh, but, of course, everybody wants to talk about not what is going to happen going forward, but about what happened at the end. The Patriots, or excuse me, the Ravens, as a four-point favorite at the end of the game with 12 seconds left on the clocks, score a touchdown, and they go for two. As opposed, ooh, calm down there, laptop. Um, thank God it was a uh, an ad on NFL.com, right? Uh, <laughs> so they go for two as opposed to kicking the extra point and trying in overtime. To that, you say what, Matt Eulens? I thought it was a good call by John Harbaugh. But, you know, he, he mentioned that he didn't really have any quarterbacks left, corners, yep. and um, the Ravens' defense was uh, not in good shape if that game was going to go to overtime. Uh, I, I thought it was kind of interesting or funny that so many people were second-guessing this decision on Twitter last night. I well, think Harbaugh my, doesn't have a really good track record, humans. He's not a good coach. Mike Lombardi of uh, VSIN, one of the guys who questioned the call uh, last night, I thought the the decision was right. The play call was good. The problem was Lamar Jackson's pass was just a little bit off. And, you know, the catch could have been made, too, but uh, I think the pass was just maybe about, uh, you know, 10 inches off, and uh, that's the difference in the Ravens winning that game 21-20, and nobody's second-guessing John Harbaugh's call, <laughs> or the, the Steelers escaping with a, uh, another lucky win last night. Lamar Jackson, I think the biggest difference in the game, aside from the uh, two-point conversion pass was just a little bit off, is he was sacked seven times, yep. and that was a career high. He also threw an interception for the fourth straight game. But Lamar Jackson uh, failed on that two-point conversion pass, and that ended up making the difference. He is 3 of 10 in his career on two-point conversions, rushing or passing. The second worst 
in the last 20 seasons among 40 <laughs> players with 10 or more two-point conversions attempts. Nick Foles, the only guy worse, yep. at four for 16, or four and 16. And uh, that's from ESPN Stats and Info. But it was the right decision. It was a, it was a good play call, and the pass is just a little bit off. That's it. Yep, I uh, completely agree with everything. And here's the thing, too, because this was the uh, this is what made me laugh yesterday. Because Harbaugh said it after the game, and you alluded to it. This wasn't an analytics thing. No. This was I have nobody playing corner left, and Ben Roethlisberger and his noodle arm just scored 17 points on my defense in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Right? It wasn't about numbers. It was about hey, man, this what gives us we have either two yards to win this game or. We have to kick the extra point, win a coin toss. If we don't, we got to, like all of the things that have to happen. Let's just try to win this now. And I think the main argument from the people who said kick it and go to overtime is that when you have the better team, Ooh. you go to overtime. Do you? But the Ravens were not playing like the better team. They just allowed 17 points in the fourth quarter. And uh, with the situation with uh, the injured cornerbacks, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt John Harbaugh made the right call. Again, it was just Lamar Jackson's pass was a little bit off. It would have been a walk-in touchdown. If Andrews had made the catch. Yep. And here's the thing now as you move forward here with this team and with Lamar Jackson as well, because it, while their defense is, again, extremely banged up, and the market has reacted, by the way, as they should, Cleveland's up to a two and a half point favorite in some spots. Mm -hmm. This was reopened, Baltimore minus one and a half before uh, that Steelers game. So it makes sense that I think Cleveland should be favored. Yeah, there. not much of a surprise. You and I talked about this last night in the opening line show, and I thought considering the um, problems the Baltimore defense has with uh, being shorthanded, you had to make the Browns at least small favorites here. If not one and a half, it'd be two or two and a half. It's not going to be a full three, but the Browns had to be favored uh, this week against the Ravens. Here's the thing, and you you have talked about this too. Lamar Jackson this season has gotten progressively worse as the season has gone along. By PFF metrics, he has committed 18 turnover-worthy plays this season. Humans, he has committed this is the great 10 of those in the last four weeks. Like the turnovers yeah. have been bad, the passes have been bad. Like so, Lamar Jackson taking a really big step back here, and that's not what you want when your defense is. Kind well, of you've talked about right. this too. The it's Baltimore running. offensive line is far yeah. from elite, right? So he's he's not behind a great offensive line. The running game has been sporadic. So Lamar Jackson's trying to do a lot by himself. All right, let's uh, get the Patriots' point of view uh, on everything tonight and big picture wise. Meredith Gorman's going to join us next, Patriots reporter for Nesson here on the Edge. It's Vsit, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. 
Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN Bowl Betting Guide is almost here with everything you need to bet smarter on every bowl game, and I know that because I just worked 10 straight hours on it. This year's guide provides matchup analysis on all 41 bowl games. I actually think there are 42, including trends, data, and predictions to help you make your best bets. The guide is designed to give you an edge, whether you're betting on every game, playing in contests, or just want to find a few key value spots on the board. The guide drops December 13th. That's a week from today. Make sure to get your copy for only $19.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe. All right, Matt Eumanns, Jonathan Von Tobel here on The Edge. Uh, Meredith Gorman, reporter and host for Nesson, is with us now uh, to talk about Monday Night Football, the Wing Patriots. Meredith, it's good to talk to you now. I will warn you ahead of time, this, between Eumanns and myself, is the most pro-Patriots show on the network. Before the season started, we got a lot of futures tied into the New England Patriots. But I would say, I don't think Eumanns and I predicted that on December 6th, we'd be waiting for this game in a battle for the number one overall seed, potentially, in the AFC. What have you made of this climb up to this point? Because it's been astonishing to see the Patriots perform as well as they have this year. Well, a couple of things. First of all, thank you guys for having me. Second of all, do you guys have a magic crystal ball over there? Because that prediction is pretty much spot on, except the fact that the Patriots are in that top spot in the AFC right now heading into the game after the Ravens fell to the Steelers last night. So not only that, but this game actually does have pretty big playoff implications for the Patriots and the Bills right now. Of course, the Patriots want to hold on to the top spot in the AFC East in their division right now. They want to keep that top spot in the AFC because then they'll get that only first round bye for the playoffs. But also, if the Bills lose, they will be down to seventh place in the AFC. So this game really carries a lot of weight in terms of the hunt for the playoffs. And 
you know, with just a handful of games left, that's coming up really quickly. Um, but one of the biggest storylines ahead of this game that's gaining a lot of traction from the reporters who are down in Buffalo right now is the fact that the weather is actually pretty bad. The wind's picking up. There's like 50 mile per hour wind gusts expected tonight. And if you go on Twitter, you'll see a lot of videos of the flags blowing like crazy. It's reminding a lot of people of the game uh, a while back when the goalposts basically like blew over completely. So I do think that one thing that really hasn't been completely factored in is how the wind is going to affect the passing game, the kicking game, and, and just things in general. Yeah, the wind would not affect JVT's hair. Your hair would not move in 50 mile an hour. Uh, Tresemme but... level four hold, brother. Okay. <laughs> Putting up a good stand there <laughs> in front today. Uh, Meredith, how about the edge? Uh, the weather might provide one side or another. Do you think it plays into the Patriots' hands a little bit better because they can run the ball more effectively, or do you think it's not going to make that much of a difference one way or another? You know, it's funny you say that because it's definitely been a topic people were discussing even leading up to the game when people were wondering if it was going to snow, if it would affect Mac Jones because he hasn't really played in it before. Mm -hmm. I don't think the weather is going to have any ramifications on the outcome of the game, at least from the offensive side, because I think the Patriots, as Bill Belichick said this week, they've practiced in all kinds of weather. Snow is like the one thing they haven't seen yet this year, and fortunately for them, it won't be snowing in Buffalo, so... Uh, we've had everything here in New England uh, over the past few months, so I don't think wind should be too much of a problem. Uh, Tom Brady was a pretty good bad-weather quarterback, and we're going to see uh, Mac Jones in those uh, conditions tonight. By the way, JVT, the loser, is not out of it by any means because these teams play again the day after Christmas in Foxborough. Yep, uh, but if, uh, especially for Buffalo, if they do lose falling all the way down the seventh mm -hmm. seed, it's quite the fall for them. Uh, all right, Meredith uh, Meredith Gorman with us again, Patriots reporter for Nesson. So, Meredith, I'm curious, on the other end of this, you know, one of the things that I've uh, humans have given me a hard time for is I like to point out the flaws of Josh Allen at times. You know, a little uh, clumsy with the ball, puts it in danger. That matchup, Josh Allen versus this defense that Ben Bedoke break, opportunistic, they've been forcing a lot of turnovers. What do you expect there in terms of what Bill Belichick has in store for him? The Patriots defense has been unstoppable. They look like they are just continuing to get better. A lot of the defensive guys have been saying, and especially it was echoed this week again, that they've been building their confidence. There's a lot of new guys in the mix, but each week they've been showing exactly why this team may have been underestimated early on in the season when they weren't exactly winning games. Uh, they always said their record didn't show how good they are, actually are, and I think uh, we're seeing that they meant it now. But the Patriots currently have the league's top-scoring defense, and that just shows how they've been able to capitalize on their turnovers. You know, they've been able to really, uh, you know, pick guys off. I think J.C. Jackson right now is second in the league in interceptions. I'm expecting him to be matched up against Stephon Diggs tonight. Um, but really, I think they're going to have to stop the run because the Bills have shown not only can Josh Allen run the ball, uh, he's a mobile quarterback, and that's something that they've struggled with in the past, but the Bills have an actual good running game, and they've been utilizing their wide receivers in the running game, too. So I think that will be the key for the Patriots defense tonight. Uh, one thing that is encouraging is that the Patriots will be getting Jamie Collins back, likely. They had till 4 o'clock to activate him, but all signs are pointing to him actually playing tonight because he uh, traveled with the team and his agent uh, basically alluded to him uh, being back tonight. Patriots number one in the NFL in scoring defense, 15.8 points per game, number two in the takeaways with 25. Uh, Meredith, when you watch the Patriots early in the season, they have five of their first seven games at home. Didn't really take advantage of that schedule. Started one and three and two and four. Uh, at that point, uh, 
you or any of the reporters covering the team sense that this team was going to go on a roll like it has, winning and covering six in a row? It's funny, you know, I actually never lost hope for them, and I say that objectively. Um, I used to work for the organization, and kind of, it always seemed like it started off in that sense where things would be slow, even with Tom Brady there. Um, fans might get a little discouraged, but you could tell from how those games were played that the team had confidence in Mac Jones, and they were literally like one or two or three plays away from winning those games early in the season. Even against the Bucks, when Tom Brady came to Foxborough, that game came down to the wire. So we all got a glimpse pretty early on that this team could really uh, hang in there with the best of them. And so I think now they've been able to fix those little mistakes that were plaguing them early on, and they've been able to gel and click. And I think Mac Jones has grown into his skin a little bit more and gotten more comfortable in the offense. And we're really seeing the results translate out there because there's been less, less uh, mistake and less errors. So when we look at the conference as a whole now, like big picture, when we're looking at this with the New England Patriots, Meredith, what do you what do you think the ceiling is for New England in an AFC that is just kind of cannibalizing on itself and we have no idea how good any of these teams really are? Well, you know, I don't want to jinx anything, so knock on wood for all of us right now, but when you look at the relative even health of the Patriots right now compared to a lot of other teams um, around the AFC, it's pretty favorable for New England. Uh, I mean, you look at the Ravens right now, they lost their – best cornerback potentially for the rest of the season yesterday uh you look at a lot of teams they're really banged up and when you even look at the patriots injury report heading into this game not a single player was ruled out or doubtful for uh injury related purposes so i think that's really encouraging at this point in the season you know they haven't even had their bye week yet so i would honestly put the Patriots up there. If they can keep this streak going, six straight wins heading into this game, I would honestly put them as a favorite to win the entire uh, conference. Yeah, it's kind of odd. They haven't had their bye week yet. You're right. And that comes next week. So middle of December just doesn't seem right to have a bye in the middle of December. But the Patriots would come out of the bye, go to Indianapolis, and then back home to play the uh, Buffalo Bills. I was saying in the preseason, I like Matt Jones a lot at Alabama. Obviously, he was surrounded by elite wide receivers and uh, running backs. But I, I got the sense when I was reading all the preseason reports that the Patriots have found their next Tom Brady. I really thought that he was going to be the best quarterback or at, least, at the very least the second best quarterback in this rookie class. Is that the, do you get that feel out there in New England now that uh, it's okay that Tom Brady's gone because you found the next one? Yeah, it's so hard to actually say that because <laughs> what Tom Brady did here, it's like almost sacrilegious to say that in New England or you'll get like stoned um, for saying that. But basically, I would say that Mac Jones is really proving himself. You know, whatever quarterback is, you know, taking the reins for New England, the fans typically tend to rally behind him. Everybody loved Cam Newton and he didn't have half the success that Mac Jones is having here right now. So uh, I think Mac Jones is actually really showing that he is the real deal. Uh, a lot of a lot of people were kind of polarized about him after the Patriots drafted him. They either thought he was going to be a bust or they thought he'd be a perfect fit for the system. And I think right now he's showing that he's a perfect fit. He and Josh McDaniels uh, clearly have you know some kind of good chemistry going. And he's worked really hard. And I think one of the toughest things for a rookie quarterback to do is step into a team that previously had real veteran leaders at quarterback and immediately gain the respect of the locker room. And that's something that the veteran players have said, you know, on both sides of the ball that Mac Jones did 
uh, pretty much immediately because of his work ethic and the way that he carries himself and, you know, just his general ability to, uh, to play football well. Right. And to clarify, I'm not saying that Mac Jones is going to win five or six Super Bowls. That's what you But I think all the uh, – of all the rookie quarterbacks this year, the Patriots have to feel the best about their quarterback of the future. Meredith, thanks for jumping on a great spot today. But I'm going to put you on the spot in the last 30 seconds. What's your prediction for the game tonight? Yeah, I was thinking about this. I'm going to say 24-14 Patriots. Uh, it's tough. I initially was thinking the Bills, but I just I don't think you can count the Patriots out. They have a lot of momentum right now. The most right. pro-Patriots show in America agrees. She's going underdog and under. Meredith, thanks for the time. Thank you, guys. Got it. All right. We got a lot to get to. Mm -hmm. College football on the other side. Bowl season is upon us. You want to know how we know it's bowl season? Because a a six-and-a-half-point favorite at Open is now a one-point favorite. (laughs) We'll talk about that when we come back. This is The Edge on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of The Edge brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. For your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com find to locate a store near you that's zyn.com slash find warning product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical so bowl season upon us bet humans and this is the best part about bowl season right we could talk about the matchups and the metrics and everything but what i find it personally fascinating is handicapper and as a handicapper really loves numbers is actually a lot of the time you can throw that stuff out the window because mm-hmm. this is situational. This is all about information in the bowl season for the most part. And we have a really great example of that transpiring over the last couple of hours when it comes to Nevada and Western Michigan. I don't know which bowl it is. It escapes me. I apologize. Tony the Tiger Bowl? Cheez-It Bowl? I don't know. <laughs> Gasparilla Bad Boy Mowers Bowl? It's, it's not the Cheez-It Bowl. No. That's Clemson, Iowa State. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, reports are, of course, that Jay Norvell making the oddly lateral move, their head coach, to Colorado State mm-hmm. to take over the program. Uh, also, miss rumors that maybe, just maybe, their NFL-ready quarterback, Carson Strong, won't be playing in this bowl. And just like that, Nevada, six-and-a-half-point favorite over Western Michigan is as low as a pick over at the Westgate Superbook. Well, if you take out Carson Strong, that's, I think, a seven-point adjustment, at least, uh, considering he's one of the best quarterbacks in college football, and you got a backup who's got very little experience. So it's one thing to remove the head coach from the equation, Jay Norvell. I still think a team can be okay without the head coach. It's still a little bit of a downgrade. But now with all the rumors that Carson Strong's not going to play, that's a major downgrade if, if that's the case. And uh, this is the Motor City Bowl, I believe, uh, in Detroit. And Western Michigan's got a little bit of a home advantage in this game anyway. you got to wonder what's, what's the Wolfpack's motivation going to be, going to a minor bowl like that, travel to a cold-weather climate uh, to play Western Michigan, a MAC team. It's kind of hard to get up for that game, right, when your head coach ditches you <laughs> and your star quarterback might not play. For a program in the conference, nonetheless. Boy, I'm not sure how big of an adjustment you can make in this number, but if Carson Strong doesn't play, it's going to be a big one. And uh, yeah, I was baffled by the move from Jay Norvell from Nevada to Colorado State. You said a lateral move. I definitely don't think that's a step up, and right. I'm not really sure what's going on. I guess he got more money uh, to go to Fort Collins. But anyway, 
The bowl season, man, is full of handicapping riddles, mystery angles, and it's a lot of situational handicapping. Like you said, it's less about the numbers and more about the situations. And this game is a great example. We'll also talk about Oklahoma, Oregon, and what happened with Mario Cristobal this morning. He, uh, you know, we thought last night on the opening line show he was probably headed to Miami. Mm -hmm. All signs are pointing in that direction. This morning, he heads to Miami. So now Oregon's going to be without its head coach for the bowl game. How many assistants are going to follow him to Miami? Who knows? Oregon can't even name an interim coach for the bowl game right now because uh, you don't know what coach is going to be left on the staff and who's going with Cristobal to South Beach. So right now Oklahoma's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And you say, well, the Sooners have a lot of adversity they're facing as well because Lincoln Riley left for USC. But I think they're in a more stable situation because Bob Stoops is coming back to coach the bowl game. Mm -hmm. They just named Brent Venables, their former defensive coordinator, the head coach. He left Clemson. So I think uh, Oklahoma's in a much better situation in this bowl against Oregon. And uh, that's kind of reflected in the line as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, so I, I think this is going to be a really negative situation for the Ducks. By the way, they just got blown out in the well, Pac-12 title game. They yep. lost to uh, Utah big twice in the last three weeks. you got to wonder what the motivation is here. I, I will say this. Don't cry for Oregon because the Ducks just got rid of a coach who I think is way overrated. <laughs> He's, uh, Mario Cristobal is getting $8 million a year to go to Miami. Oregon got a $9 million buyout uh, from Miami to let him out of his contract. And guess what? The Ducks are probably going to end up with a better coach. They flirt with Chip Kelly already, potentially, right? Right, but it's not going to—it's not definitely not going to help their cause in this bowl game. They, they should be a bet against in this bowl game. And here's the thing: so you mentioned right the one unfavorable situation outside of everything with Cristobal, uh, which is we see those. I know some people call them the the, the dream crusher scenarios, which mm -hmm. was national title contender hopes dashed in the final sure. few weeks of a season. Right, all of a sudden you have uh, the consolation prize, which is a bowl game here that means nothing. Here's the other thing hanging around because this is now rumors because of an Instagram post because this is 2000. 21 why not is Kayvon Thibodeau playing in this game no I wouldn't expect right. I wouldn't expect him to play in fact today we saw Purdue's two best uh, players opt out of the bowl game defensive end George Karloftis and wide receiver David Bell Kayvon Thibodeau is much better prospect than Karloftis uh, Thibodeau might be the first overall pick Karloftis is probably a mid late first round pick but why would Thibodeau play in this game against Oklahoma I would say there's little to no chance he's going to play in this game he's had injury issues this season anyway uh, so I think you might see a lot of Ducks players opt out of this game, and that's those are things you all you have to take into mind, take into mind and uh, consideration. All of these different angles, uh, I would say. I think Oregon's only be going to become a bigger underdog in this game. So if you like Oklahoma, you can find a spot where you can lay three, possibly. That's probably the play I would make here because I think it's, the, the news is probably going to go from bad to worse for the Ducks, wouldn't you think? Yes, I would think so. I think this number, the only place it's going is toward Oklahoma. And also, yeah, also, this game's at the Alamo Bowl, and I think the Sooners yeah. are going to have uh, the obvious majority of the fans. It's going to be like almost like a home game for the Sooners. So I think uh, all signs point that direction. Uh, with that, so we know, of course, uh, the college football semifinal, and that's the one thing you don't have to worry about, right? The semifinal, at least, you know, hey, barring health, teams are going to be at full strength. Mm -hmm. They're going to try to win. Game plan, statistics, they all come into play here. Um, so we have Alabama-Cincinnati, still 13 and a half. Those hooks have been added since we were on, um, on there last night on the opening lines. Uh, one spot, DraftKings, is showing 14 right now. I don't think it's really surprising to see that Alabama would get the action here against Cincinnati. Total of 58. And let me ask you, 
What is the number? Because I have a wide variety of numbers on my screen for Georgia and Michigan. I have seven and a half, and I have nine at multiple spots. Well, Circa is at nine. Circa is the highest in the market at nine. I'm sure that they just don't want any more liability on Georgia at this point, trying to discourage Georgia bets. If you like Michigan... Uh, go to Circa, right? That's, yeah. uh, but I wouldn't do it yet because that number might go to 10. Who knows? Seven and a half. I know uh, Dan Saley was on the show with us last night. He laid seven with Georgia right away. I think uh, Georgia's probably going to be the uh, side the Sharps uh, prefer here. And I think uh, Michigan might end up being a, pu- a public dog. Uh, by kickoff because, hey, the Wolverines have been pretty impressive in their last couple games. Well, and here's the thing with uh, with that, and it's one of the things that we and I, you, you and I kind of harped on in the week leading up to the SEC championship game, which was the reason why Alabama looked like it could be a potential good bet, which ultimately it was, mm-hmm. that's an offense that will spread you out with an NFL potential quarterback uh, that they haven't seen an offense like that Georgia had. They've never been stretched to that limit like right. Alabama was going to. Mm-hmm. Can Michigan do that? against Georgia is the question. Because I think if they're just going to play or try to play their power ground game, all that stuff, right, setting it up through there, it doesn't really work out well against a front seven like that. Yeah, you know, you made a good point, too. See, here's the thing with the playoff. If, if this were not a playoff situation, Georgia would probably have a lot of guys in that defense opting out for the NFL uh, draft. When they played last year, Georgia yes. and Cincinnati, right? right. Yep. Yeah. Was that the Peach Bowl, was it? Yeah. It's not going to happen when you're in the playoffs. And – uh, so it's going to be hard for the Wolverines to run the ball, much harder to run the ball in the Georgia defense, and really you don't have uh, an explosive passing attack. I would say Michigan's probably got the third-best passing attack Georgia's faced this year behind yeah. Alabama Tennessee. and Tennessee. Yep. Uh, so Michigan can throw the ball downfield. Um, it's not like it's a hopeless situation if they can't run the ball, uh, but still I think it's going to be a tough situation. you got to wonder – what Georgia players' mindset's going to be going into this game because they were number one. They were told they were dominant, one of the best defenses ever, and they just got embarrassed by Alabama. They got blown out. Uh, they come back, uh, they come back, show a lot of fight in this game, or there's going to be a little hangover effect from that uh, 41-24 loss to Bama. Or, uh, or maybe the, I don't even know if you call it a hangover effect, or the fact that your offense just isn't that good, right? Stetson Bennett and Georgia are not an explosive offense. So it's about ball control. It's yeah. about suffocating the other opponent. And to your point, which is a really good one, 24th in the nation, that would be Michigan in terms of EPA per play in their passing attack. So okay. it's not like this is, like a like you said, a dead passing attack they're facing. Yeah, my problem here with laying the points with Georgia is what you just mentioned. Stetson Bennett's not a guy who lights up the scoreboard. Georgia's not going to be able to run wild on the Michigan defense either. So... Even though uh, I don't really want to bet against Georgia in this spot, I'm not crazy about laying the points in that one. Yep. Man, bowl season's great. We were, we were talking about this off the air. There's a couple of other ones uh, that have moved, of course, uh, when you're talking about some of these scenarios. One we talked about with Dan Saley yesterday, for example, jumped on UTEP this morning, plus 13, and then now it's all the way down to 11.5 in some spots. Uh, this is going to be pretty fascinating as we go around bowl season, all this information. Well, speaking of Fresno out. State, just to explain the situation yep. for those who don't know, Kalen DeBoer, the head coach, has left for Washington. Jake Hayner, the quarterback, who transferred with. from Washington to Fresno, is in the transfer portal. He's probably going to go to Washington too, right? Yep. So Fresno is, uh, you would think, a fragile favorite in that game, and uh, the UTEP's got to be fired up to play in this game. It's not like the Miners get to play in many bowl games. So, <laughs> uh, And, you know, with so much time between games, I'm not going to say, also, I'm not going to predict a hangover effect for Georgia in that in that game against Michigan, because you, you still have, yeah, you got three weeks to recover. I think they're going to be highly motivated to win the game and just get another crack at Bama in the, in the championship game. Yes. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Hey, a reminder for everybody uh, who is watching, listening right now uh, to take in everything that VEASAN has to offer at this point right now, which is uh, including 
our holiday offer, Matt Santos, that we're talking about here. Uh, right now, when you sign up, $99 midseason football special. They'll receive a $20 credit to the VEASAN store. All of our expert sports betting analysis, insights data for the rest of the football season. Limited time offer, folks. Sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe. Best bets and a little bit more when we come back here on The Edge. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday... I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, welcome in. It's The Edge here on VSIN, the sports betting network. A reminder for all of you who are out there in the East. 
Follow the money hitting the road this week. Mitch and Polly will be live from the new DraftKings Sportsbook at Foxwoods Casino Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. If you're in the area, come down, meet the guys. Be sure to tune in every day from 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern. Paul's a big hugger. Big hugger. Paul likes uh, to give people hugs. He loves back slaps, yeah. um, handshakes. Mitch is a big He's not a germaphobe of all, so he likes to shake hands with everybody. Um, yeah, those guys are going to be entertainers out there this weekend, right? I think right. with... You'd be uh, foolish not to go out and meet Mitch and Paul in person at the uh, Foxwoods Wednesday through Friday. That's right. So check it out. 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern. They'll be down there and they'll be shaking hands. I'm sure they'll kiss your babies too. Best bets. Recap from the weekend. By the way, what's up? When's your baby going to show up? It's due this week, yeah, right? Hell if I know. Okay. Uh, due date is this Saturday. Okay. Yeah. So we are in the, uh, we're, oh man, we're at DEF CON 1. I'm totally calm though. I'm totally ready for it. Totally ready for it. You know how squishy a head baby's head is when they first come out? I had no idea until I had my son. It's terrifying. You wouldn't want to touch it. Oh, I, oh, I was terrified. Anyway, uh, what are we doing? Oh, NFL. Best bets. Okay, so we do have an addition we will add verbally for this next coming week. Uh, but to recap what happened over the weekend, Steelers plus four and a half. Got there. Bam. Outright win. Thank God Harbaugh's an idiot and went for two. Uh, regardless, <laughs> Steelers plus four and a half win the game outright. Uh, to improve to 25 and 18 for the season, Patriots plus three pending. And I will add for this coming week, humans, because the, the number's moving here. We expected it to. Uh, I would think it gets to the full field goal. I'm going to lay two with the Cleveland Browns, kind of playing on this theme here in terms of just mm-hmm. going against, uh, I think, the Baltimore Ravens uh, consistently over the next couple of weeks. Marlon Humphrey's a big loss. We know that Lamar Jackson has had his issues in terms of quarterback play. This offensive line is very poor, and that's a really good pass rush that's coming after him. I think it's a really good matchup. And keep in mind, too, situationally, I think it does benefit Cleveland. Plays Baltimore, gets a bye week, gets to play Baltimore again. So they have been in this mindset for the Ravens for a while now, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, and you know, last week, as poorly as Baker Mayfield played, the Browns had a shot to win that game in the fourth quarter and ended up losing by six. So I agree. I I actually think the Browns look like – a uh, pretty good bet this week, even though I'm not going to put it up as best bet today. I think uh, – can you still lay one and a half out there? Is, is two the best number in that game at this point? Uh, two is still the best number, at least on my screen right now. Yeah, I think two is the best number. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, with that, the split in the conference championship week, uh, it was Alabama plus six and a half versus Georgia, Iowa plus 11 versus Michigan. So the record, man, I have – Look at this. I don't know how I do it with this uh, massive slate of games that I've been betting in college football. Five and five for the year. Five and five. Guess what? I'm 45 and 45. So. <laughs> What's your NBA record for the show? Uh, zero and zero okay, on the yeah, show. That's right. On the show. I have bet probably about 15 or 20 NBA games at this point. It's yeah. been a good season. But. Been a fun season. With that, let's get to tonight in the NBA. Uh, from Friday, two plays, two wins. Cavs plus four. Uh, get the win outright. Yeah, that was a snoozer. Actually ended up just beating the crap out of the mm-hmm. Wizards on Friday. And the Celtics hung in there against the Utah Jazz plus eight and a half uh, against Utah on the road there. So for today, uh, Thunder plus five. So this has moved. And this is in the news. This is uh, in lieu of the news that one Shea Gilders Alexander is going to return tonight from a concussion. So I think a lot of people, keep in mind, the Thunder actually haven't played till, since Thursday. They haven't played since that just disgusting loss at the hands wow. of the Memphis Grizzlies. But I think we have to keep in mind that was a very shorthanded Thunder team that's already bad in its own right, right? But we're talking about no Josh Giddy, no Shea Gilders-Alexander. Like, a lot of guys weren't out there. Derek Favors. So, uh, while that might be the last thing you saw from them, not really what the Thunder have been bringing to the table. So I thought initially, and I played this with the thought that Shea Gilders-Alexander wasn't going to play, and the market did move initially from five to four and a half. Uh, but now we're down to as low as two and a half for this game because SGA has returned against the Pistons. Corey Joseph's not going to play for Detroit, one of the better defensive guards as well. So that doesn't help them in that regard. And here's the thing. So I noticed this. And I put this up on Twitter today, humans, because the, the Pistons have actually been on a pretty good ATS run. They're eight and four in their last 12 against mm-hmm. the spread. But they have been getting backdoor after backdoor. Yeah. How about this? They are 28th or worse in net rating in the first, second, or third quarter 
But in the fourth quarter, they have a positive net rating of three and they're 10th best of the NBA because they're just getting blown out and then getting back within numbers against teams. And just that's not going to be the case here. So it seemed like a big number, and ultimately that was the case. So right. Thunder uh, plus five. I'm going to guess that yeah. this is the first time in your NBA betting career you've had a chance to bet on a team that's trying to bounce back from a 73-point loss. Yes, this is, okay. considering that was the actually first time we've seen a team lose by 73 points. <laughs> 152-79. to 79. That was OKC's loss at Memphis last week. Buy on bad news, baby. And also uh, better health. Uh, also, Nuggets plus four. This is now three and a half across the board. So small move, but nothing big here. But here's the thing. Alex Russo is doubtful to play tonight. Kobe White is out for the Chicago Bulls as well. Nikola Jokic is back for Denver. And they have their own issues. Austin Rivers isn't going to play because of COVID. We know that Michael Porter Jr. is, of course, uh, out for the foreseeable future. But with Jokic out there, they are a different team. They are a better team. And these are two bad benches, and I'll just give the edge to the team with the best player in a good matchup. I don't think the other Nikola Vucevic mm-hmm. is going to have a prayer at stopping Nikola Jokic tonight, so give me that plus four. But I also noted in the piece today, I've taken my shots quite a few times against the Bulls, and it's not gone well, so let's see if I can get this one to land. All right. Bulls have been a nemesis for you, huh? Yes, yes. I would say you asked me that like a couple weeks ago uh, what like the teams I've had the most success betting on and the least. I would say the least I've had betting against would be the Chicago Bulls. I think they've taken me down almost every time I've bet against them. See how it goes tonight. Hopefully you get better results. My NFL board looks uh, almost just like yours. (laughs) Steelers plus four and a half win. Patriots pending tonight, 25 and 19. Uh, Let's move to college football. Similar too. It's weird. College football for the season, 45 and 45. If not for those season win totals where I went six and oh, I could say it has not been a great season, but it's been a it's been pretty good thanks to the win totals. In fact, I think I'm ten games over five hundred in point spread weekly, but not doing a great job on this show on the college plays. Iowa, loser, Wake Forest loser. Boy, those were wrong sides. But I had two definite right sides, so it's a split. Utah State blows out San Diego State by thirty in uh, Alabama. Uh, big over Georgia's so two and two college football over the weekend. I had a pretty good college basketball betting weekend, uh, but obviously we weren't doing shows and putting up plays. I thought about playing Iowa minus two and a half over Illinois tonight, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm not going to play a Kofi Coburn, the Shack of uh, the Big Ten for the Illini. He's been putting up huge numbers recently. And I think he's going to be a matchup problem for the Hawkeyes, but I actually like Iowa's uh, offensive potential a lot better. I like their guards better. And uh, the Hawkeyes off that loss at Purdue Friday night. Purdue's now the number one team, but Iowa played really well in that game and hung in there in a seven-point loss after trailing by 19. A uh, good win last week at Virginia. So lean to Iowa there, minus two and a half. But again, I did not bet it. How about New Mexico State, New Mexico in the Mountain West tonight? Uh, that is not the Mountain West game I'm the most interested in. But Well, that's only one Mountain West team, by yeah. the way, New Mexico. But it's the home team at the Pitt in Albuquerque tonight. The Lobos... One in Las Cruces last week as a 12 and a half point dogs. That was a big win uh, for New Mexico, 101 to 94. Uh, closed 10 and a half. They opened 12 and a half point home dogs. They come home after winning that game. Now they're four and a half point home dogs at the pit to uh, New Mexico State. Jamal Mashburn Jr. Uh, probably the best player for the Lobos. Uh, the one I was looking at, and I, you know, I kind of I wrote about this in the guide, which was, you know, I'm not sure. I think San Jose State might be a, a little bit better. Right then, you know, perception, because this has been a pretty poor program. Mm-hmm. And they're taking on a Pepperdine team that has not played well at all. Uh, but Pepperdine's a four-and-a-half-point favorite here uh, over in Malibu against San Jose State. It's a, it's a really intriguing matchup, uh, considering the fact that you have a, a San Jose State team that, through seven games so far, is 6-1 and one against the spread and has clearly been pretty undervalued by the market through the early part of the season. And it's, you know, pretty evenly matched contest. Looks like some fun. Uh, San Jose State's got a really good coach in 10 miles. 
Yeah. Former Colorado State, Nebraska coach. He's doing a pretty good job there. So we got a big NBA board tonight. And you wrrote about it this morning on vcin.com slash JVT. What other games aside from your best bets? Uh, stand out to you as uh, games you have to see? Uh, I think immediately you go to um, Cleveland and Milwaukee because Cleveland, I, the, the way I put it in the uh, the write-up today was, like, I get, like if, if it continues to cash, do you just continue to ride it? The Cleveland, the Cleveland Cavaliers, especially with Evan Mobley on the floor, have been absolutely incredible. And you have injury question marks here, too, uh, with Giannis Antetokounmpo is questionable with that calf injury that just suddenly popped up before tip-off against the Toronto game. <laughs> the Toronto game. Uh, Grayson Allen on the injury report as well for the, the um, Milwaukee Bucks. But if you look at Cleveland since they have taken on, or excuse me, since they got Evan Mobley back, this is a team that is working on a, uh, I think I've got them now at 6-0 uh, uh, against the spread in their last six games. They are the best cover team in the NBA at this point right now, covering seven, over 70% of their games. Mm-hmm. The market has like, refused to budge here. Yeah, on Saturday, humans, they were catching 4.5 at home against Utah. They lose by one point, right? We talked about Friday mm-hmm. when they're taking on, or excuse me, Sunday. And then we're talking about Friday where they beat up on the Washington Wizards. I like this Cavs team is elite defensively with Mobley on the floor. And I think when you look at this matchup, even with Giannis out there, if he goes out there and this number gets to closer to 10, I still think the, the Cavaliers are going to be worth looking at later tonight. Just want to see what the injury situation is going to be out there. So that's at the top of the list. And then I think uh, the fun game is going to be Atlanta and Minnesota because Atlanta, of course, defensively gets exposed by Charlotte the other day. Uh, their defense is one of the worst in transition. Minnesota thrives in transition on the season. One of the best transition teams, one of the most frequently active teams in transition. And this number right now up to, I got to, yeah, it's two and a half with a total of 222. But I think those are the top two out of the ones we talked about. They're going to be pretty interesting to watch here tonight. Uh, speaking of Charlotte, I thought it was interesting. The Hornets, I saw this on the ESPN Stats and Info. The Hornets have been involved in four consecutive games when the combined point total was 250-plus points. The last team to have a longer streak, the Nuggets, and you have to go all the way back to 1990. What's going on here with the Charlotte Hornets? They're not good defensively, and they're awesome on offense. <laughs> it would not surprise you that they're the third best over team in the NBA either, given that number two. All right, we're all done. VEASAN.com is where you want to go. Check out everything we have to offer, including some fantastic write-ups on the NBA. VEASAN.com slash JVT. My guys in the desert coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. 
Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.